This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Eric Branson, and with me always is my co-host Joe Peterson. This episode is a special episode for one reason and it's going to represent or actually be the second episode in our change in format. We were doing a format that had us review two films, one that I picked and one that Joe had selected. And we'd go through each of the films um, in a longer style episode. So the episodes were running about two hours plus. Uh, we decided that rather than deliver one episode that is two hours plus every two weeks, that it's uh, more beneficial to us and to you to deliver you one episode that is uh, roughly 45 minutes to an hour. The only downside to that is we only, we are only going to be able to cover one film per episode now. So I believe last week you heard all about Chud, and it's wonderful sequel, Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Anyway, we bring you another review this week. Um, we just didn't have a con- live recorded intro, so that's what I'm doing here. And I'm going to take a few minutes just to tell you about a couple of things going on in the world of Video Junkyard. So there's a couple of different kinds of show concepts that we had when we first kind of were talking about putting together this podcast. And that is the regular weekly film review shows, which you are now, by this point, very familiar with. Um, Guest host shows, which hopefully you've listened to our Kong Godzilla uh, episode with guest star um, artist Ryan Steiskel. Um, Another, you know, huge thanks to Ryan for helping us out with that one. It's a great episode. I think uh, we covered everything pretty thoroughly. Um, Hopefully you got a chance to listen to that one. It's a good episode. So I just wanted to tell you about another couple ideas that we had for episodes in the future and some other things that we had tossed around is we were going to do episodes called um, forgotten franchise episodes which we will be running through like an entire uh, franchise of films now we may very well do the big famous ones the friday the 13th nightmare on elm street it'd be a lot of fun to talk about those but i think we prefer thus the name forgotten franchise to do ones that um possibly didn't get as much time in the daylight as, you know, the Elm Street and Friday the 13th series. Uh, Freddy and Jason are pretty, you know, big horror staples at this point. So a couple we had thought about looking at were the Leprechaun films, the Puppet Master films, some of the, like, very long franchises that aren't exactly as popular or as well-known as the Freddy and Jason ones. But, you know, write in, let us know. Um, I'm more than happy to look at the Friday the 13th films or the Elm Street films if that's, if that's what you guys want to hear us talk about. Um, so yeah, uh, shoot us an email or some feedback and let us know what you think. So in a Forgotten Franchise episode, we would have uh, Joe and myself and most likely a guest host or two break down the entire series. So it'd be a lot of you know prep on our hands, but we'll, we'll be able to save you the time and effort if you don't want to have to watch through all you know nine you know movies in a franchise that you're you're not so sure about we'll let you know which ones are the good ones which ones are worth it and which ones you need to see um so look for those 
coming up soon. We will have our debut Forgotten Franchise film on the Phantasm series coming up very shortly. And by very shortly, I mean probably in the next couple of months. Uh, just the you know way things go. Our production schedule uh, has to be built around our very busy lives as well, so we'll get that to you as soon as we can. I'm currently finishing up watching the Phantasm sequels for the first time. I've been a big fan of the first film for a long, many years for some reason. Hadn't seen the extended uh, sequels, so I think I'd seen the second one, and that was it. But um, anyway, more on that when it actually comes out, uh, hopefully soon. Also, if you if anyone's interested, uh, I would love to do a couple of feature film commentaries in the future. So let me know if that's something you guys are interested in doing. Or if anybody's interested in joining us for a you know live recording of a feature film commentary. Anyway, without any further ado, let's get to this week's film. Uh, we are going to be reviewing the fantastic 2012 movie, The Battery. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Hey, just a reminder, all the reviews we do here on the Video Junkyard podcast are full of spoilers. Now, most of the movies that we are reviewing are older than I am, so if you haven't seen them yet, get out there and watch them. But just as a warning, there are spoilers in these reviews. Spoiler alert. There was one other movie that we watched that we should talk about. Yes, we should definitely um, talk about for this, this week. And this was your recommendation. Yeah, and this is one that I... I believe I got this recommendation from Fangoria Magazine back before it went out of print, which, by the way, is coming back into print. Yeah, ho- I'm hoping they will uh, keep publishing the reviews of Doctor. I think he was Doctor Cyclops or something like that that did their video yep. reviews. But anyway, he he is the uh, person who recommended this film to me, not personally, but in his column in Fangoria Magazine. It is a low-budget zombie film that came out in 2012 called The Battery. Something I ordered the Blu-ray of blindly, uh, just based on that recommendation, because I generally, whatever they picked as their, like, DVD of the month, I'd go and pick up, just because, uh, um, yeah, usually they're, they're generally were picking very good and compelling films, and he was actually picking a lot of, like, newer indie stuff that wasn't getting the major, um, major distribution, which was, which was cool. I saw uh, a lot of interesting stuff, Hmm. um, that way. So, but out of all of those, the battery was one that kind of stuck with me. And I don't remember if I had recommended this to you before or not, but if I didn't, I should have or meant to because uh, I, <laughs> like, yeah, this is one that I, I, that I saw. It kind of blew me away, and I was, um, I was really shocked that this great of a movie was so far under the radar. Like, I bring it up to people. I don't think I've talked to anybody yet where I was like, oh, did you see The Battery? And I don't think I've talked to anyone who actually was like, oh, yeah, I did see that movie. Um, but I do highly recommend it to people because... Yeah. Um, and I had oh, only yeah. seen it the one time prior to uh, watching it for the show, and I, I, it was, I enjoyed it every bit as much as, if maybe if not a little more than the first time I saw it. I want to sleep in a house, in a bed, like a real human. You need to wake up and realize this is how it is out here now. Nobody's going to flip the switch back on. It's... Yeah, no, I, I think I had seen 
on Amazon Prime, you know how it is with, with these streaming services now is, is, you know, while we used to spend all that time in video stores staring at cover art trying to decide what we wanted to rent, yes. now it's now it's doing that on Netflix and Amazon Prime and, and Crackle and stuff. But uh, I doing that on, on Amazon Prime, this popped up, and I watched the trailer for it, and I remember saying, oh, this looks interesting. It's very low budget. Mm-hmm. I think they shot the whole thing on six thousand dollars over yeah, like fifteen party. days in Connecticut. Yes, um, but it uh, wow is is it really capturing? Now yeah. it, it was directed by uh, yeah. Before Andy. we get too far in, I'll, I'll I'll run all that stuff down. It's the film is called The Battery. Came out in twenty twelve. It is written and directed and starring Jeremy Gardner, um, and also starring Adam Cronheim. Sorry if I butchered that pronunciation. Uh, from IMDb, the short description, the personalities of two former baseball players clash as they traverse the rural back roads of a post-plague New England New England teeming with the undead. Which you don't see a ton of undead in this. No. Uh, because the focus isn't on them. It's no. really on these two guys. And this, you know, we, you and I have both seen more zombie films than most people probably should um (laughs) but you know as many zombie films i haven't seen yeah and as many zombie films as i've seen i used to just go kind of go and grab them up and watch as many as i could and i found out the secret of zombie films and that is there are not many good zombie films and this is one of them (laughs) so right Uh, in fact I we I watched this one late at night, and then uh, my wife and I were up pretty late talking about it afterward because mm-hmm. it really is quite thought provoking. You know, and I've actually seen Jeremy Gardner in one of his other films, uh, Tex Montana Will Survive. If, if yeah, you haven't it, seen that you mentioned one, that's that the a fun other day one. So I've, I've not I hadn't heard of that, but I found that on Amazon Prime as well, so I will have to check that out. Yeah, that one's really funny, actually. Uh, same kind of budget, but it's a really funny movie. Um, so he, and he's, he's really quite amusing in this as well. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that they, that that's covered in this film that has not been done in what, seven seasons of Walking Dead and, you know, six George Romero zombie films and on and on and on. You know, there's, there's some, or maybe stuff that hasn't been done since very early on, like since Night of the Living Dead. Because I was like, I mean, I've this movie's been on my mind for like the last four days. Yeah. Since I watched it. It, it, it is, really stays with you. It's 100% that effective, and that's how I felt about it when I saw it the first time. Like, it just, I mean, it's it's just really, it's, I, I think calling it a good zombie movie does it a little bit of a, yeah, doesn't do it justice. Yeah. It's just a great movie. Like, I, th- I would recommend this to people outside of the horror genre, because it's not, it's not, it's not incredibly horrific. I don't know. I mean, it is at points, but it's not where, not the way you would think a zombie movie was. It's not gory, not really. No, and no, it's not, not really. In fact, that's that's something I was going to comment on is that it doesn't really, uh, you know, it sticks with you, but not the way that a lot of horror films do, where it's like, oh, that visual really screwed me up. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't do that. It um, it does a it, it sticks with you because you know we're, we're, it's about survival. Right, and this movie I think does a better job painting a picture of what it might be like to survive in like a post-apocalyptic world than like you said before anything i've ever seen on the walking dead and the walking dead people people will often defend the walking dead to me and it's not like i hate the walking dead but um will defend it to me like well it's not really about the zombies man it's about the survivors and it's about you know all these 
inter you know relationships and inter interpersonal cool i get that um i think that the walking dead comic book did a better job in my opinion than the tv show has ever done being about those right. things this movie feels so authentic that it really gets under your skin i think it's a bit of what i might call a slow burn but i think it's, way, it's worth every second of it like because really yeah. you're watching this relationship build there's these two guys the former ball players that really you get the impression after listening to them for a while that they didn't know each other real well prior to the world going to hell. And so right, now they end right. up together. You get the backstory that they were probably, they were, they talk about on multiple occasions, they were stuck in a house for like three months. And so a, a night of the living dead type situation where they, you know, survived it, but they eventually had to escape the house. So maybe that's the first place that they get stuck together. Who knows? But anyway, they are stuck together or at least have choose to stay in each other's company yeah and, and they're and very I, I like kinda... type a type b personalities which cr creates very great scenes between them it really does and one thing that i i, I wonder and this it's it's one of those films it's a it's a small film it's a very low budget film but it doesn't feel hokey you know no, in a low never. budget way and it, i i understand what you mean by it's a slow burn but normally when i watch a movie that's a slow burn you know like uh you know the innkeepers or house of the devil or something like that where it's like yeah this is a slow burn it's like you really have to stick with it to get to something really interesting at the end and it's worth it because it's that good at the end this one it's a slow burn in a different way because it keeps you intrigued and interested the entire time and it's entirely character driven yep it's entirely well, because of these characters the characters They're... are very well painted especially when you consider like jeremy gardner said in in uh, i don't remember this on special features or something i read but said that they didn't actually script this movie they came up with plot points that you know where the care what, what kind of situations the characters were going to get themselves into and then mm -hmm. they just pretty much improvised the shooting the shit kind of stuff and obviously they would have because they 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 had characters i'm sure they had some kind of like well you got to get this in here to, so we can understand this about the character but right so i think that's where you get these really like natural feeling dialogue scenes and well and 90 percent of the movie is dialogue yeah. scenes so, like, so yeah I mean, you've got you got jeremy gardner's character who plays ben and adam kronheim who plays mickey and in any survival zombie movie, like going all the way back to The Night of the Living Dead, everybody hates Mr. Cooper. Everybody <laughs> right. hates Mr. Cooper because Mr. Cooper does stupid shit that puts everybody else at risk. And I think most good zombie films or, or good post-apocalyptic films with a group of survivors, you're always going to have the hothead that you don't like because they kind of screw it up for everybody else. Or in the show Walking Dead, it's a number of characters. Yes. But in this one, you've got Mickey, Adam Cronheim's character, Mickey, who you hate, but you also totally get where he's coming from. Yeah. Well, I don't even and think that I could, makes it realistic. I don't think I could ever go as far as saying I hate Mickey because, okay, and here's the sad confession when you, you get, get to frustrated. the end of this movie. Yeah. yeah, you get very frustrated with him. But at, I think me myself, like, if I had to, like, analyze, okay, who would I be? Would I be Ben or I'd be... Unfortunately, I think I might be more of a Mickey than a Ben, but... I think most um, people would. Like, I think most people would. There's and, a great uh, scene in this where the two of them are talking, mostly Ben is talking, and he's chewing Mickey out. Because for those of you... Okay, so Mickey spends most of his time smoking cigarettes with his headphones on, listening to CDs, mm -hmm. and just going through batteries 
in his in his Walkman or his Discman. Yeah, he's, this, he's, he's drowning out everything. And then you've got Ben, who's acting like, well, I guess we'll go fishing, and we're kind of camping, and we're just gonna. I mean, he's almost. I don't want to say let's play catch. Let's work on your pitches. Let's. Uh... Yeah, he's totally, almost in a weird way, completely accepted that. I mean, he makes the comment: the switch is not coming back on. He's very. It's he appears to the audience to have very easily accepted the apocalypse. The end of yeah. the world, essentially, or the zombie apocalypse, well, and which cra- makes cracks me in wonder. His shells start to show eventually, Later. but yeah, yeah. And I, I, on the surface, he seems very like yeah. well put together. Like he's going he's got yeah. this survivalist thing down. Like you don't really start to see until later on when those cracks start to show that no, this guy's affected too. Mm-hmm. He this has played a toll on him, and he makes a comment about those three months in the house, and I wonder if that's what did it. Because he seems... I think this is a film really about denial. But it's different ways that we handle denial. Some of us completely shut things out when we're dealing with trauma and and stress. Other people mask it. And they just build up and they they just say, fuck it. And they pretend like nothing's wrong. I mean, both of these... there, There were moments where I could tell the director really wants me not to like Mickey here. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of getting annoyed with Ben. Not yeah, enough where I, I want to turn this movie off. But I think he both grates on you too. I think both of the characters have their flaws. Um, I think Mickey's kind of set up at the beginning to be the guy that you know. But I, I, I think about halfway through, you start to understand like both of these characters are damaged by everything that they've witnessed or all the stuff they've gone through in this world that they're living in. Right. And they're just they're dealing with it in different ways. Ben reacts very very almost scarily to to some situations and and him forcing Mickey to kill a zombie. Mickey won't yeah. kill anything. Um so it's it's kind of he's always, you know, oh Ben, you you know, you do it. You take care of this and then he's always kind of on him. Well, someday you're going to have to step up and do this and when he forces him to do it. Mickey talks Ben into staying in a house, which Ben's very against staying in a house, I think because of the prior experience that they had being trapped and he kind of as a way of getting back at mickey for putting four walls yeah. around him is to you know let a zombie loose into this house with him and and kind of force him to get not kind of but force him to kill it and there is a definite chance that mickey gets bitten here you know in that situation and yeah he plays a, a he plays a very risky game there yeah um yeah so i think that's the first moment where you really start to see, well, maybe not the first moment, but one of the main moments where you really start to see the cracks that are forming in that character. Yeah, and um, I, I think you kind of understand that they've always been there. He's the kind of guy that's going to talk a big game, and mm-hmm. he's always going to be okay on the surface, and, and and Mickey's the opposite. Mickey actually, at the, at the climax of the film, actually, you know, it does become a very brave character for a moment <laughs> um some yeah. of the, the things that just yeah i don't know the whole the whole movie is definitely about those people and i agree with you it's about the damage that trauma does to people and how they how they deal with it it also is a zombie film but only kind of in the peripheries like it it works very well on us already understanding zombie movies and the post-apocalyptic like narrative Mm-hmm. It never has to show you a whole lot of what's going on. It never really tells you a whole lot of what's going on. They joke around, what, three quarters or more of the way through the film about the Z word and calling them zombies. Right. Uh, and that's the first time they ever really talk about 
the zombies per se. There's a lot of very like, I don't know. It just the whole movie is just so. It, it sounds again. I feel like I'm selling it short to just say, well, the whole movie is so real, and that's what's good about it. But I mean, obviously, it's not real. There's not there the the reactions are real. I mean, Mickey does some stuff in the movie that you're like, why the hell is he doing that? And then you go, well. I may not have done that, but I can understand maybe yeah. I, I could I, I could see someone doing that in a weird right. way. Well, he has obviously has damaged. some issues with attachment to stuff. So th- at first it's the girlfriend yeah. that he used to have, and then it it becomes this character. There's these uh, uh, periphery characters that are basically just voices on the radio, and he becomes right. obsessed with this girl Annie over the radio, and those yeah. his, his attachment issues I think lead him to make some pretty stupid decisions but i i think he is a person who's trying to shut things out and he does feel maybe a bit bullied by ben always Mm -hmm. constantly pushing him to confront things um and he i think he wants to attach himself to somebody who's going to kind of coddle him and uh yeah Yeah. just uh, i think that's 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 what he's searching for he's searching for that girlfriend character um or the girlfriend kind of person in his life and he attaches himself to that voice on the radio. There's also, um, um, it's kind of an awkward scene. It's a very awkward scene. But there's there's also um, an aspect to Mickey's character with sexual repression. Yep. Or, I don't even want to say sexual repression or more just um, uh, he is looking for opportunities to use sexual release as a way of, of breaking stress. Yeah, tension. there's definitely uh, something that he's about him that's attaching himself to i don't know just sex but but well i'm thinking in general of, like romance yeah, or something like but yeah you're talking about the, the masturbation scene, the zombie. scene the, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a very odd scene where mickey wakes up he, they're they're staying in a station wagon essentially he wakes up and ben isn't there he's out fishing or something and a a uh, woman zombie is is uh coming at him she's outside of the car but she's reaching through the window and the window's like half up and her breasts are she's wearing clothes but her breasts are kind of getting pressed against the glass Mm -hmm. and he cowers and then he starts to back away from her but then he starts to masturbate and it it becomes a really kind of amusing scene because ben shows up from behind (laughs) and kills the zombie and catches him doing this really weird thing yeah and i mean i remember watching this going oh my god what the hell is this what's he doing but then you well, realize, like, you know, people do weird shit. Yeah, you do. You're, like, slapping your forehead, like, what the hell are you thinking, man? Like, and, and you're very and annoyed with him. this felt like something uh, like that. So it, it was like, um, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I, I, I totally understand why I did that. No, I really don't. But they do a very good job in doing those kind of bizarre behaviors, especially with Mickey, you know, these really kind of bizarre, and I think you you, nit, you hit the nail on the head with that he's looking for some kind of, like, relationship, whether it's a, a, a physical one or an emotional one. He's looking for something because he wants to be coddled, which is, you know, a common thing you hear about during trauma. People like the revert back to, I want my mommy kind of a thing. Right. Um, ben, ben seems to be coping with this trauma of whatever they experienced in that house, which I would I don't want them to do a prequel, but I'd love to know what they what happened there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is a good story that makes you kind of wanting to know more. You know, he handles things by being careless. Yes. So he's like he's they're, not, they're they're I don't know if A and B type, but like they're they're pretty much polar opposites, and they're they're people that are dealing with the trauma just in totally different ways. Ben's always mm-hmm. trying to be in control to the point where he is careless. He's gonna run into like 
a situation. Yeah, yeah. and, and Mickey's and... the opposite. He, he's repressing it all. He's hiding behind his headphones. He's, you know... It, it, I'm sure that the, the sex... Using, you know, sex or romance or whatever it is as a, you know, release as well, or a way to shade or shield himself from the trauma that's all around them all the time. So yeah, I think that's that's what it's about. It's about two different people dealing with things two different ways. That's a super impressive part of the movie, and and I think you do, even though you're annoyed or you see the crack, you, you see the faults in both of these characters. You're you're also very attached to both of them in their own way. I think even Mickey, who I think you're always kind of annoyed with, but at the same time, it's I don't know, even as a viewer, I think you kind of take take on Ben's wanting to. Uh, I think in a way he he part of what is driving ben as a character is taking care of mickey as well because he's a weak character and he he's definitely the um so i think he needs mickey as much as mickey needs him they're they're well and and that was a comment that was brought up too when we were watching it was you know why is ben putting up with all of this shit why is he why isn't he just like said fuck this guy and walked away from him and it's like no because he's that person he's that person where he kind of wants to have someone to to take care of he doesn't like he's the kind of person clearly he needs an audience because he's he's wisecracking and he's he's busting mickey's chops constantly throughout the, the movie and for some really understandable ways you know like i'm the one that has to kill everything but i think he that's something he uses as a mask he's not wearing the headphones constantly he's not drowning himself out in that he's drowning himself out with drinking and cracking jokes He's still, yep. you know, he's the guy. He has to be the guy. There's a great scene where the two of them are talking. Ben talks about the difference between them where he says that Mickey is a, uh, a romantic and he himself is a realist. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, being a romantic, that's fine, but it's going to get your ass killed. And in the end, there's not much of a difference. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's really not much of a difference because you're kind of seeing that... Again, you may not agree with everything both of these characters do, but you could see something along those lines as being something that people would do. None of these are outside the realm of possibilities. So it's it's a, a really interesting character study in in how people deal with trauma. And in the end, it's like, yeah, I guess you can't really judge one over the other. Both of these have their problems, so I guess both of them are kind of okay. Both of them are extremely reckless. Mickey's reckless by not paying attention ever because his head is head's stuck in these headphones the whole time. You know, that was one thing, like, it, from the beginning of the movie, you're like, wow, this guy's wearing headphones. I would never wear headphones during a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and then you see how much Ben is drinking, and you're like, I would never drink that much yeah. and make that much noise. But then you kind of realize that, oh, well, both of them are, have almost kind of given up. Yeah, they're coping in yeah. the only way they they can. So, yeah, I mean, it's great, great character study. Some other things that are really, really well done in this movie, it, it's mainly, I mean, the powerful connection that you have with characters is, is the primary thing. But I feel like this movie is one of my favorite, like, depictions. And I think I said this earlier, but I wanted to elaborate a little bit before we run out of time of like the post-apocalyptic world and what it might be like to survive afterwards. And to the point where everything outside of the Mickey Ben relationship becomes actually quite terrifying. I think it's a really, really scary part of the movie when other people show up. Yeah. Um, it, is. it actually starts to, you're very, very uncomfortable about the other people and not just on the radio, the radio thing. It's like, okay, this is just going to be one of Mickey's things. But when real, you know, when they really show up, after they've dealt with what was his name jerry or whatever mm-hmm. um, the guy who tries to steal their car and, and ben ends up killing 
Which uh, is an odd scene in and of itself. Yeah. And then when that other truck kind of pulls up and just sits there in the distance for a minute, mm-hmm. that is, uh, and only to be, that is an incredibly uncomfortable moment in that movie. I was going to say it's only to be uh, beaten by the ending or the climax of the film, which is just even more <laughs> unsettling. But yeah, just the, the, the idea that the zombies in this movie never really are used to create horror it's the situations that they're put in and you don't actually ever see a lot of zombies <laughs> except i mean i guess the no, last few and, shots of the and, film and there's there's a fair amount but there, there's another film that we're going to be reviewing soon and hopefully we'll be getting the director uh, on the show here it's called dead weight and it was another independent film that was made actually uh in this area you know Oshkosh and the surrounding areas and it came out the same year that this one did in, t- in 2012 and it's a similar thing too and we can talk more about it later but uh you know just a real quick comment about that is it does the same type of thing which is this is a so-called zombie movie i, I think the director might disagree with it being called that but it, essentially it's set in a kind of post-apocalyptic you know everything's falling to shit type of, of world and it's about this character's journey to go find his girlfriend and it's about what you become in in your struggle to survive and you know these these are themes that are touched on briefly in other zombie films and other zombie media like Walking Dead, yep. but they're never handled with the the delicacy you know or with 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 this care and this intricacy. I mean, you're you're not seeing that done as you as you see with the battery and as you see with Dead Weight and a couple of other films. And it's really coming out of these lower budget independent films, where yeah, I mean, because when people are actually the taking for... the time. <laughs> Yeah, when you well, it's kind of like you know. This is one of the cool things about genre films, especially horror, is that if you don't have the budget to make the effects look, however, you know that you people want to see. You don't have you don't have the money to throw in all the gore and and the the prosthetics and, and, the, and the practical effects. Then oh, by oh, what the hell? Focus on the characters. Yes, <laughs> of course, and and they do, and you get these gems like like the battery and like dead weight, which are true character studies and you go onto amazon you know and you read the read the reviews for it and people are like yeah you know didn't have enough zombies like yeah i totally missed the fucking first like three reviews i read of the battery on amazon are like this movie's terrible nothing happens in this damn movie da 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 it's just a couple of dudes talking da 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 god like and it's like oh shut up (laughs) like it's just like have you have you and it, I mean, it does remind me that people watch movies for different reasons. But my God, if you can sit, if you get through this movie and you—that's your reaction to it. I mean, I don't know. Go back and watch the remake of Dawn of the Dead again if that's what you want to see. And we covered that before. It's it's yeah. perfectly fine. But if you want to see a character study on you know a, a film that is going to use the zombie genre as a way of of talking about a bigger issue, which is you know trauma or how much are you willing to give up of your humanity in order to survive and then is there anything left when you're done then check out something like dead weight you know these yeah. these types of films they're they're kind of true little pieces of art you know they they actually are are making a a, a pretty impactful statement yeah well um, i mean some people are allergic to anything that makes you think out you know at all yeah or feel something in any way so and i'll admit if you're if you're looking for you know brainless if you're looking for chud and you get the battery Perhaps that is a bit disappointing, but I mean, 
read about the movie <laughs> before you watch it so, yeah. so yeah. you don't get so upset but anyway like real quickly i just wanted to say like two more things about the battery mm-hmm. i i absolutely love this movie the ending sequence of this movie that uh features the two of them getting trapped inside of a car that they don't have keys for is oh, among God. my favorite and probably one of, like most tense cinematic scenes uh, of all time and it's played so incredibly well by jeremy gardner especially when mickey's character leaves the car and it is a one shot one take one shot of ben waiting for him to come back not knowing if he is ever coming back yeah um lights a cigarette he fiddles around with some stuff and the whole time yeah the tapping and the moaning of the zombie horde that has surrounded their vehicle uh, you can't see them because they blocked the windows out, which is actually helps it to be even more just kind of it's it's fan, it's fantastic filmmaking, especially fantastic low budget filmmaking because it's thinking so well about how you can use a budget to build a good scene. The yeah, other thing yeah. I would like to say is that the use of music in the film is fantastic. I know you mentioned yes. that. Um, yeah, I the, absolutely loved the soundtrack. Especially Absolutely the use it. of the, I, the two songs I really, really love are by a group that I just discovered through this movie, but called Rock Plaza Central. Yep. And uh, yeah, just the the music is used very well. Yeah, it's, so. it's a Toronto-based group. I was reading up on them because I've been like trying to really digest a lot of their stuff since I saw this. And I guess they they started in 2007. They put out an album or two, and then they went on hiatus since 2010. But yep. they've gotten a lot of attention because of this film. Yeah. I so after the fact, out. which is interesting, but yeah, there's some really great music in here, and it's it's actually a pretty small soundtrack. There's like eight, maybe ten songs on it. Yeah. But it's uh, a really, really, and a lot of those are actually uh, Rock Plaza Central, yep. and it does a really good job of just fitting. It's it's a little hipstery, but it works really, really well uh, yeah. for this for this film. So I can't so. recommend this one enough. This, this was definitely, this was an A, A plus for me. What about you? Yeah, the same A plus. If I could put two pluses behind it, like this is, the, this was the kind of like pleasant surprise. Like I always look forward to. It's why I love, you know, independent cinema or, or cult cinema is because you're not going to see a movie like this at your megaplex theater. The battery probably didn't play, you know, at any AMC theaters or whatever. And maybe it did eventually after it won all the festival stuff, but and I don't mean that as kind of a dig at big budget movies. I mean, we were talking at the top of the program about how much we enjoyed the new Star Wars film, or, you know, so obviously right. I really love a lot of those type of movies too, but this is the kind of movie that gets me excited about making movies. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and it, for those of you that don't know, I, I, I have dabbled in making films in the past, and, and Joe has been part of a couple of those. But yeah, this is the kind of yep. thing, like, I look at this and I'm like, wow, these guys, you know, I spent $6,000 on a movie before, and it's nowhere near this good, and it's only, like, 10 minutes long. So it's it's frustrating, but encouraging, in, inspiring in it, many ways. <laughs> it's it's a great example that I think only a handful of, of, of independent filmmakers that I've seen have done this. It's a great example of... The, the principle that less is more. Yep. Um, you know, it, this is not a, obviously, this was shot, like you said, on $6,000. And they, there wasn't much of a script. It was very fly by night. There, you know, like you said, there, there's scenes and we're just going to go with them. And I think that's where a lot of this, this the reality of these characters comes in. Um, it's, it's a film that you get done watching and you want to see some more. And you want to watch it again, and you want to look for things. You want to catch it. There's a lot of great dialogue in this, and it's mostly a dialogue-driven horror film. The the and ending there's not a of lot the of scenes of... as well is pretty. 
I don't, I don't want to say heartbreaking, but it's pretty bleak and leaves you in a place like it's not necessarily uplifting, <laughs> but it's still it's still a great movie. Like, right, right. I mean, it's it's a pretty heavy ending. Yeah. Um, and and so, I was just yeah, this was a it was a great film, an awesome recommendation. Thanks so much for bringing this one up. Because, yeah, no problem. Uh, this, I'm, this has become a new favorite I'm to sorry recommend I to other didn't people as well. Recommend it before because I was just blown away by it when I saw it too. And uh, yeah, I, I, a plus for sure. Everybody should go and see both Chud and The Battery. They are like the two polar opposite of the spectrum of the kind of stuff we're going to talk about here, and they're both great in their own way. If you had to pick one, I'd pick The Battery, but hey, if you're looking for something, I think Chud's Chud's wonderful as well. So, uh, No, actually, I, I highly recommend um, Jeremy Gardner's other film, Tex Montana Will Survive. It's a, it's a big change of pace from, uh, from The Battery, but you can tell it was made on the similar kind of budget, and it's... This guy's got a lot of, uh, he's got a, quite a range. I, I'm, I'm eager to see this guy. He, he's, he's now, he's an independent filmmaker that I'm going to start trying to follow. And I want to kind of see what, what this guy does next. Because I've seen two films from him and they've both been very, very, very entertaining. So. Yeah, I, the only thing that I would say is uh, what I said before. And that is uh, definitely check out The Battery. It's fantastic. Awesome. want to uh, thank everybody for listening. We will be back with more from The Junkyard in uh, weeks to come. Yeah, we got some great episodes coming up soon uh, with possibly some new uh, special guests. We're going to try to do a, a 4th of July themed episode coming up real soon. So stay tuned. Yes. And, uh, we'll see you next time. I guess, Maybe we'll give you a prize if you can guess which 4th of July films we're going to do. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, we'll try to throw something up on the on the uh, Facebook page. We'll, uh, we'll be hearing from you soon, hopefully. Yep, sounds great. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs>